Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Telcom Corner Cafe. I'm your host, Sean Sheedy. It's hard to believe it's already time for another episode. But we are going to continue our discussions on OTDRs and today focus a little bit more on the details of what you're seeing. So we've talked a lot about the different functions that an OTDR has. We've talked about the combinations and how they're used and how they affect one another. We've talked about some of the basic settings. And today we're probably going to talk about a setting that's going to integrate with a lot of the details, specifically marker placement. Now, one of the great things about auto test function, and we've talked about that function in prior episodes, is that it does all of those things for you. That's great. That is a significant convenience, saves a lot of time in the field, very, very easy to default to all the time. Great design and inclusive feature by the manufacturers of OTDRs today. That being said, it's kind of like we talked about before. In the world of splicing, you have something called an estimated splice loss, whereas OTDRs give you absolute measurements. So in other words, the estimated splice loss is the product's best guess after you've made all the settings, conducted everything necessary, placed the fibers in there, it spliced them together and says, I believe your loss is whatever that number is. Auto test works similar to that. Based on what it sees, it will set your distance setting. It will set your pulse width. It will even set average time. And again, that's a great convenience. However, you may need something different based on what you're looking at. The markers that it placed for you in the auto test function mode may not be as close to the event as a manual expert or construction mode with your control might be able to get those markers next to. So you may be taking into account more fiber loss than you want to, because you might've said, well, why would I even care about that? Because you don't want additional fiber loss in your actual measurement loss numbers. That could be the difference between you doing unnecessary work, things failing, things being a marginal pass, and they're like, wow, that's gotten it pretty close to the edge. Can't you do better than that? Yes, you can. And it's not that your work has been bad in any one or specific area. It's that the placement of the markers and the details and maybe the image quality that you saw and the function that you used didn't allow the markers to be placed close enough or as close as they could be. And that's what we're going to get into today is more in the details of things. So we've talked about range, we've talked about pulse width, we've talked about average time, we've talked about dynamic range and power, why you might use some of those different features. Some of the most neglected features on an OTDR are the magnification functions. And they can be of tremendous assistance when you're saying, God, I wish I could get closer into the picture on the trace or the event that I want to look at. It shows it to me, it's clear, but I'd really like to see it up close. There's several different ways you can use magnification functions. You can, once the OTDR, once the OTDR has measured the events and gives you that resulting signature trace, you're now looking in your loss table with lots of different information, starting from the first to the last event, the distance from, the distance to, the reflectivity of, and the loss of each individual event, and it will keep a cumulative or collective loss number as the events start to come together. So you can look at what is my loss on this specific event? What is my loss to this trace to this point? What is my final loss overall in the trace? So you have a lot of options. On more than a rare occasion, you want to get a closer look at that. You want to make sure maybe if you're looking at a connector, you can tell how clean or if the surface of that connector is damaged just by the initial 
initial position of the marker on the A side of it, followed by how much of a drop is there on the B side of that connection marker. You can actually zoom in and you can look at that. And that drop, if more so on the B side of the marker placement, shows a greater number, you may have a problem with cleaning. You may have a pitted connector or poorly polished connector. Something's not seated properly because it's also showing you at the time with that additional drop on the B side of that marker, a greater loss number, which you're not going to like. Neither is your customer. So using the magnification keys, usually located on the right-hand side of the OTDR, depending on whose OTDR that you have, you can press the magnification key and there are multiple options. You can either press it just once to get a enhanced view. You can press it multiple times to really bring in a close-up view. Now, the reason why some people are hesitant to use the magnification keys is that sometimes they get impatient and they press the keys multiple times. It does have a delay, so when you press the key, you need to allow it to make its change. Press the key again, allow it to make its change. Don't press the key like five or ten times because it's not magnifying or bringing into focus in an enhanced view quick enough for you because before you know it, it's going to overexpand the trace. The trace is going to be off the screen and now you're looking at nothing or some kind of wild wavy curve on the screen going wow what happened here the good news with that and the reason i bothered to mention all that is you can then hit a key right near the magnification key that says one to one that is a default key that will bring your trace back to its normal end result photo that it provided you on the trace to begin with and you can start again so let's talk about the magnification functions once an otdr measures a strand of fiber collects all the data within it, no matter what you've got going on, connections, splices, what have you, it will replicate that trace on the screen. It will mark those events that it sees. You can take your stylus or your finger, because most OTDRs now are touchscreen, and you can tap the number of the event that you would like to have a greater view of. Let's say you're looking at event number four, it's a fusion splice about halfway through the fiber. You'd like to click on that a couple of times with your stylus or your finger, and you would like to expand that to get a deeper view of what you're looking at. You can do that. You can also use the plus and minus keys on the magnification options, and every time you hit the plus sign, It'll expand every time you hit the minus sign, it will return or if you will be less expanded, returning back to its prior picture quality. You can also, depending on the OTDR that you have, you can draw a box with your stylus or with your finger, again, because they're touchscreen OTDRs these days, around the event that you would like to see. You can expand it that way as well. Now, one of the things that's very, very important when you're using these magnification keys is your marker placement. And again, depending on the OTDR that you have, there are arrow keys in the lower left-hand corner once you get into measurements on the OTDR functions, and you can move your markers either in two-point or four-point. Now, with the arrow keys, and again, usually in the lower left-hand corner of the machine on the screen, you can adjust your primary and secondary markers. That's what I meant before by two and four marker placement, or in the case of four marker placement, what used to be called least square approximation. Do you need just two markers to measure the total distance of your fiber? Maybe a section span of your fiber from the beginning to the first splice point, from the second splice point to the next splice point, and so on? Are you looking to measure splice loss individually? Not the distance to the splice, but the splice loss itself. In that case, four marker 
marker placement is what you want. So you can move in the two-point scenario, capital A and B markers, and then you can move, in addition to that, small a and small b markers, which are your secondary markers for the four marker placement. The reason for the difference in the amount of markers that you have the options of is what are you measuring? When you're measuring span loss, like beginning of fiber to the end of the fiber, you just need a marker at the very beginning, a marker at the very end, and it will give you your total distance. When you're measuring splice loss, as an example, you want to place your capital A marker or your first primary marker just before the beginning of the event. Your capital B or marker placement two at the end of the event and then spatially not too far apart you want to place your small a and small b markers the purpose of the small a and small b markers is when it's making and calculating the loss measurements for you is those two markers will subtract the fiber loss from the splice loss providing you only the true loss of the splice which is what you want for your documentation for your company's requirements for your customers customers requirements that way you're not doing rework like we talked about earlier unnecessarily because you're like my god the splice looked great in the fusion splicer it gave me a zero zero loss in the estimated splice now my otdr is failing it for some reason this makes no sense the splice looks great why am i getting a failure mark it's because you're using two point marker placement which is going to add fiber loss to the splice loss instead of four marker placement that will subtract fiber loss from the splice loss leaving you only the true loss of the splice so you've done all that now you can use your magnification keys, whether you want to draw that box around the splice that you want to look at, whether you want to hit the plus or minus keys, whether you want to tap on the event, whether you just want to expand from a marker. So there's like four or five ways that you can expand the event on the screen that you're looking at. But now you want to get into the actual event and look at some detail. You want to see the beginning and the end of the transit time on both sides of the event. You want to look at the drops to make sure that they're within tolerance and don't look too offset or look unusual. You want to check and make sure that you have a splice loss and not an optical gain. Optical gainers are more common than a lot of people think. And if you're thinking about optical gain, you're like, well, how can I gain optical energy in a static or unpowered or non-powered system? That's not possible. You have to have energy in order to gain it. Well, what an OTDR does that a fusion splicer does not do is, like we talked about in previous episodes, a fusion splicer conducts everything from a mechanical perspective and gives you a loss number. The OTDR actually sends light down the optical fiber. Think of it as you're in a car driving down a road. You will feel every grade and elevation difference or drop when you're in that car. You hit a speed bump. You feel that. You have a slight elevation difference. You feel that. Well, the OTDR does that with light. As it's traveling down the fiber, any type of imperfection, any type of difference, it sees as an event. So if it sees, let's say you have one manufacturer of fiber in the first leg of the system, and you have a different manufacturer of fiber in the next leg of the system. Well, this gets back to industry standards. That's why they call out the core sizes. They have to be within a tolerance to be compatible and compliant with industry requirements for transmission quality needs. So if if the core on, say, the second leg of fiber is ever so slightly larger than the first, let's say the first core size was exactly 8.3 microns, which is the original spec for single mode core sizes, and yet the new core size or the core size of the next leg of the fiber is 8.5. The difference between 8.5 and 8.3 doesn't seem to be that much, but the OTR will interpret that as you have a larger opening that the light is now transmitting or traveling 
traveling into. You've gained optical energy. It's not a possibility, but in the world of physics, because your size is increased to the core size, it perceives it as a gain. So now what you have to do is a bi-directional test, which means you have to test your fiber in the opposite direction. What shows up as a gain in one direction usually or normally will show up as an abnormal splice loss in the opposite direction. Therefore, for all those that love to do mathematics, and most people hate it, I personally enjoy math a lot, but most people don't, you then get to subtract the gain from the abnormal splice loss which leaves you the true loss of the splice. But you have to do the bidirectional test. And those zoom functions that we're talking about will get you into that level of detail so you can look at the trace, so you can get a better view of the event that's concerning you or that looks unusual. Even if the numbers are perfect, but you're just kind of looking at it going, I want a closer view of that. Something doesn't quite make me 100% happy on that. Those zoom features are fantastic for that. And in episode 10, we're going to continue to talk about the magnification zoom in functions and how that can benefit you as an end user, prevent extra work for you as the end user, and get you the results in the pictures that you're looking for. Thanks again for tuning into episode nine of the Telcom Corner Cafe. I'm your host, Sean Sheedy, and I really appreciate you listening to these podcasts and hope they're of some value for you. Thanks again for listening.